love, heartbreak, failure, money, misery. Today on Success Convo, we go behind the ink. I'm going to tell you a tattoo story. beautiful piano rift. I had to give a shout out to Chili Gonzalez. I stumbled on his YouTube page. Love his stuff. It's amazing. And I wanted to kind of set the mood for a story time. We're going to go behind the ink and I want to talk about my tattoo, my three-quarter sleeve, what it means to me. And I think that if anybody puts something permanent on their body, like a tattoo or even some kind of extreme piercing, it might be worth listening to or hearing about. Granted, if they have some meaning behind it and they didn't just kind of go out and grab a tattoo for the hell of it. So what I want to do is I want to dig in, tell you about my tattoo. And uh, it's kind of funny that we're on this topic because as things kind of been blowing up for my brands, I've been getting a lot of shit like, oh, wow, look at this typical meathead tattoo, things like that. And you guys that listen to Success Convo, you know that that's not what this is about. This is no meathead. Uh, We go much deeper than that. And I never want to be known as a typical fitness model or anything like that or a dumb jock. I want to break the stereotype. And I don't do this episode to kind of stick it to them. I do this episode to tell you about a turning point in my life. And we're going to break through what was an extremely enlightened moment for me, a pivoting point that everything changed. And it is intertwined with this tattoo story. So this is going to be fun. Kick back, grab your bourbon, grab your vodka, sip on it. And let's jump into this week's episode, solo episode of Success Convo, Behind the Ink. I feel very lucky humbled to be able to have this conversation with you and to even have you as a listener because that means you're following success convos. That means you stumbled upon my pages somewhere, whether it's business, fitness, and we've connected and I'm privileged to know you. I'm privileged to have you hear my story and I want you to know that my life could have gone multitude of different directions. All of our lives could, right? But fair point for mine, I think that I probably had a 10% chance to be sitting here. I've done some really stupid things in my life and I've hit rock bottom numerous times. And if we rewind the clock to only a few years ago, I was nothing. I was a no one. And worse than that, I was a vain, self-centered asshole. And in true success convo fashion, I am going to hit you up with some major keys for life domination. This is very powerful stuff. It's a very powerful listen. And as always, I appreciate it if you share wherever this was posted, wherever you saw it, or if you copy the link or you recommend to your buddy in the gym or your buddy in the office to check out Success Convo Podcast. Kate and I appreciate that very much as we are trying to rapidly grow this podcast into something great. Now, to start, I want you to know that the lowest point in our lives, and if you're feeling in a low point in your life, know that your best is about to come from that. Who we are as a person is not from our victories. Our victories are great. They don't make us. What makes us as a person? What gives us our integrity? What draws us up and who we are at our core is the horrible moments, the rough times we go through. You'll never meet a strong person that has not had some very rough moments. 
And this is where this story comes from. I had a lot of rough times in my life. And again, we're winding the clock back only a few years ago to some of my drinking nights in Baltimore where I would pregame with a pint of vodka and I would go out and I would order my drinks at the bar on a credit card. I would order my drinks and I would have these ultra-depressive nights where I was faking who I was. I was faking it to everyone, faking it and bullshitting first and foremost myself because I had to live with this person. I wasn't giving anything back. I was a vain person. I was looking to hook up with as many women as I could. Now, bits and pieces of who I was were found between the alcohol and even during the alcohol as in vino veritas, in wine there's truth, the old Latin phrase. I was a person that was going nowhere. I'm a huge promoter of self-developing yourself, reading, learning every day, bettering yourself fitness-wise. The only thing I had back then to hold on to my physique was my genetics because I was putting very little effort forward. And as I mentioned, I was going nowhere. I wasn't reading books or doing any of that. I had a lot of negative influences in my life. If you've listened to our podcast episode on audit your circle, it's very important that you do so. And I had to do so. And these moments are why. One night, I headed out on the town after my pregame and I was in a bar in Fells Point, Baltimore with an old friend of mine. And we were sitting there and I was talking about some more business ideas. I always had business ideas. And here I was talking about a new company that I thought about forming, which was Nexus E-Training. Nexus E-Training was meant to link coaches up, qualified coaches, with clients, people that actually wanted to change. And the premise of this business idea is that you go to any gym and you'll see trainers training people, giving them work hard workouts. But if the person doesn't get their nutrition on point, they're simply not going to change. And believe me, my business is a testament to that as well because I have had some incredible transformations. I've met some of my favorite people in my life through RE Fitness as a business. And a lot of that is due to motivation and nutrition guidance. Nutrition is everything. Now, this e-training business was supposed to do just that. So I was out for the night talking to my friend about this business and he knew that I was kidding myself. I wasn't going anywhere with this business. I love to talk about it but I wasn't putting any of the work in that comes with it because I was off trying to have affairs with women and I was off trying to just booze my nights away. I was doing nothing. I was nothing but a talker. So if you're a talker, you got to have a moment of truth with yourself and let yourself know that, yeah, look in the mirror and say, I'm a talker. I talk a lot about the things I want to do, whether it's a fitness plan, career goal, anything. This this is going to apply to all aspects of life. If you're a talker, you need to look yourself in the mirror and realize, (laughs) yeah, I'm bullshitting myself. Because if you never do that, you're never going to have a realization. You're never going to get over the hump. So we're at this bar, and there's a mural. It's a beautiful painting. I couldn't even tell you the name of this bar because I'm so far detached from bar nights. I want to go back to this place one day, and I will. It's in the heart of Baltimore and Fells Point, and there's a mural of an explorer. I think it's Lord Baltimore setting foot in the harbor shores and you know maybe staking his claim to take over Baltimore, make it what it is. And I was looking at this mural in that night with my alcohol. I had four or five drinks in at this point and no girls are talking to me. My eyes are bloodshot. I look like shit. And I'm looking up at this mural and I'm thinking, man, explore. Wouldn't it be nice to be that person? And I thought one day I'm going to be that person. And this is where things start to snap for me because I'm telling this to myself and I looked down at the alcohol. I had another Red Bull and vodka in my hand and I looked down at it and I thought, yeah, after this drink. And you know, I look around that bar that moment and I 
I started to see the same faces, the same people that go go downtown and that you have run-ins with and you see and you talk to. And I realized, holy shit, <laughs> here I am. 30 is approaching fast and I'm getting nowhere fast. And I said, why? Why after this drink? You know what? I'm done. I'm leaving. I threw that drink down. I slammed the drink down on the table so hard, half of it spilled out. And my buddy looks at me and says, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm out. I'm out, man. I'm finished. I walked out, I Ubered myself back to my loft, and I said, I've got to get my life straight. Well, I didn't know what that meant. How do I get my life straight? I figured I'm pretty smart. I have some skills. I know a little bit of graphic design. I know a little bit about business at this point. And I had sold a company at that point. You know, it wasn't any big sale. It was nice to have closed a deal and showed that I could do something with myself. But I was cocky and I was arrogant and I needed to come to terms with myself and who I was and realize that, man, you are going nowhere fast. I didn't know what to do. (laughs) Believe it or not, the last book I had read at that point was Harry Potter, Sorcerer's Stone. You know, I read that book cover to cover. We're talking years ago. So I hadn't read a full book and I didn't know what to do with myself here to improve. What is better for your brain than reading. This is where the lightning strikes. I sat down, lifted my MacBook Pro that I mostly used to play video games at the time, and I googled what book should I read. I started looking up business, you know, who's reading what book, and there's a book. It's still required at some of the most profound military schools, including the U.S. Military School, West Point. There is a book that came up under tons of successful business people's reading list. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to start here. I'm going to start with this book. The Chinese military book, The Art of War, written by Sun Tzu, dating all the way back to 5th century BC. Think about that for a second. This book, 5th century BC, still required reading today. I go to Amazon. I grab the translated Ralph Sawyer version. The book shows up three or four days later, and I just dig in. And I promise you it was hard. We live in a time where Facebook statuses, tweets, and little snippets are what we're used to. Reading is like phasing out in a way. I still believe in it wholeheartedly, but it's phasing out. But I needed it for my brain because I knew this was going to help my brain. Now, as I turn the pages of this book, something very unique happens. I wasn't reading it. It was reading me. It was conforming and becoming what I needed this book to be. I didn't look at my phone for days, and I didn't put this book down. The Art of War spoke to me in many different ways. Every entrepreneur, every person of success that's going anywhere, has a path that they follow, an origin that starts their journey, starts them on a path. See, I told you the bits and pieces of Ryan would come out a lot during my drinking, but reading this book and healing my brain and putting active self-development items in it would start to really make those pieces come together and actually shine for what they really are. About a week into reading Sun Tzu's Art of War, I hadn't stopped, I hadn't put it down, and I had started the Wall Street Journal as well. I had Wall Street Journal paper coming to my door every single day. Between the Wall Street Journal and carrying on with the Art of War, I was starting to repair my brain. I promise you, if you don't know where to start, start with a book. Start with a challenging read. It was hard. I told you, Harry Potter was was the only book I read cover to cover, I think, in many years. And reading this book, getting through the sentence structure, if I got through a paragraph and I didn't know what I read because I felt my focus fleeting, I would reread it. It helped me so much. Before I knew it, things became a blur 
and I was reading the Wall Street Journal. I was devouring it. I took it to the gym, and in between sets, I would check the stocks. I didn't even know what stocks were or how to trade them. I didn't know what finance was, what I thought I knew. So I had a little bit of knowledge, but nothing what I know now. And that was because I just kept developing, kept reading. And it all started for me with that book, The Art of War. Sun Tzu explains that there are five constants Five constants in victory. I told you that I was going to give you some keys here to life domination. This is where it comes from because there's five constants to life domination as laid out by Sun Tzu. And I promise you, if you obey these, your life will change. Your life will improve in tenfold. Now, as I read those constants and I started to bang them into my head and I started to absorb what they are, and I promise you reading, reading alone won't do anything for you. You have to practice what you're learning. You have to use applied knowledge. It's great. You know, we probably know a lot of professors that don't have much money in the bank. You probably know a lot of people with high IQs that have zero impact. You have to apply. You have to take action. There's a lot of different elements. But these five are going to lay it out for you. I want you to try to apply these is where I'm going with this. As I was trying to absorb this book, I would have done it through osmosis if possible. I realized that I wanted to make a permanent commitment with my life that I wasn't going to go back to the old Ryan. And that's when I decided, you know, tattoos are important things for me. I have a few tattoos. And if you guys like Behind the Ink, let me know. We'll get into the stories of my other ink. However, with this one, I knew that I always wanted to get a sleeve done, a full sleeve. And and as I started to finish this book, I was going to get a modern representation of the five constants on my arm. So I actually looked up who I thought was the best artist. Whenever you're getting a tattoo, you have to go based on the artist. You have to make sure they have a flow that you really like. You have to look at their artwork and you have to make sure you really dig it. And I found Amy Nichols, one of the best tattoo artists of all time, if you ask me. Um, she has tremendous amount of accolades. She works out of Tattooed Heart in Baltimore. John is the owner. He's a friend of mine. And I had been looking at Amy's work for a while. And what I did was I put a PowerPoint together on the five constants and on what I wanted this tattoo to look like because I'm no artist. We have to know our bounds. I'm not very good at artwork. And I knew that Amy could put this together based on this PowerPoint. So the PowerPoint was the five constants. And I went in there and I said, Amy, I need you. I need you to do this tattoo for me. And she didn't know who I was, but she was immediately intrigued because who brings a PowerPoint for a tattoo? She was six months in the hole at that time. And I said, this is not going to work for me, Amy. I need this now. So she bumped me up because she knew that I was a man of business here bringing a PowerPoint in. She wanted to do it. And see, Amy, she's very passionate about her work. Tattooing is a deep thing for her. She's, a, she's an artist first and foremost. And that is exactly what I look for. Just a little side note. If I go to get a haircut, or I go to even going out to dinner. I look for places that do things for the why. Why they do it. Not just trying to make a buck. I urge you in life to look towards things like that. If you want a service done, for example, my fitness business. Yes, I do this because I love it. I don't need a dime from my fitness business. I love the clients that I work with and it's a passion project for me. It's very important that you find people like that in life. And once you find a few, you can tell if someone's passionate about something. Once you find a few, the rest will kind of start coming naturally. So anyway, Amy bumps me up and we start work and it's kind of funny. She's the artist. We went back and forth on this piece because it had to be perfect for me. <laughs> it had to be just right because I promise you if I did not get this book, if I had not made that decision to put down the booze, 
I would have been a failure at this point. I would have lost my identity completely. And I was a big risk taker, and I still am. I'm an educated and smart risk taker at this point, but I was a huge risk taker and a partier. So I was on that road to nowhere, and it was an extreme road to nowhere. I am very thankful to have picked up that book and to start absorbing it. Now, as this tattoo started to come together, Amy and I talked a lot about books. She's a bit of a philosopher herself. So she had some great feedback on the five elements and what they meant. And by the time this tattoo came out for me completely, I was so happy with the way it looked. And it's a constant reminder of the old me when I didn't have the tattoo and the new me when I've been on this constant road. It means a lot more to me because I see it and it's starting to get a little sun tattered and faded and I might get it touched up here or there, but it's much like life. Nothing is truly permanent, not even this tattoo. The only thing that you can count on is that the impact you make here is what matters. And when I see the tattoo and I see what I've achieved in only a few short years here and I, I think about where I'm going and I project things, I know that <laughs> these five elements have helped guide me and they always will. And every item from the compass to the Valkyrie on my arm represents a different one of these five constants. Number one the moral law. Sun Tzu said the moral law causes the people to be in complete accord with their ruler so that they will follow him regardless of their lives, undismayed by any danger. The moral law represents vision, a common vision with the people that you surround yourself with. Now, the moral law does not apply to a figure of sovereign authority like it may have in Sun Tzu's time, but more so to yourself. You are your own ruler, and with such freedom comes the responsibility to institute your own moral law, to surround yourself with people that share a common vision of yours. Whether you like it or not, and sometimes we might not like it, but we need other people in this life. We should have people surrounding us that have a common vision. Your moral law is the code at which you abide by. We all have a different sliding scale. For me, for example, I love the 10%er, the person that's in the 10% of getting stuff done, the person that buys a fitness plan and puts it into action and works hard, the action taker, the one that doesn't bullshit themselves, tries to, tries to take shortcuts, things like that. So the moral code represents who you are as your vision. There's sailboats inked on my arm that represent this moral code. On the top of my shoulder, I have an angel. Represents the next constant, which is heaven. Sun Tzu said heaven signifies night, day, cold, heat, times, and seasons. The heaven principle is actually proposed in a non-religious context. In this moment, heaven represents both consistent and variable change throughout space and time. What I want you to think about when it comes to heaven is tuning into the world around you. Study your environment. Learn what rules can be bent and can be broken. Not everything is what it seems. Not everyone is guided by the thing that you think they're guided by. Most people have ulterior motives. Heaven, for me, represents the commanding element, thinking about things from a holistic standpoint. A success convo listener and person that's chasing those goals must operate the same way. You know that life's challenges and opportunities are unpredictable. Thus, those that cannot change with time and cannot be dynamic enough to operate obstacles are going to get smashed and we will not. 
It's much like being stoic. There's a lot of terrain inked within the fine line work of this tattoo, which represents the next element of earth. Sun Tzu said earth comprises distance, great and small, danger and security, open ground and narrow passes, the chances of life and death. The terrain of life is equally unbalanced and uneven as the physical world. For example, people might come and go, much like mountains might move. But instead of moving those mountains or people, why not find a path around them? Never fight unless you truly have to. So many people that you'll see are taking the status quo path and letting the terrain control them. Go ahead and get credit loans, get auto loans, get all the things that are causing you to be in debt just because everyone else does so. Eating horrible foods day in and out just because everyone else does so. Being content with mediocrity just because the status quo is doing so. You have to manipulate your terrain, study your terrain, and know it. Know how to change it. Know where the path of least resistance is so you can pass through. Find the hidden passageways through life. Be a commander of your own life, which brings me to the next element, the commander the Valkyrie, the centerpiece on my bicep. The commander stands for the virtues of wisdom, sincerity, benevolence, courage, and strictness. The commanding presence. I learned this as a police officer. Much like moral law, you're your own ruler. But as you begin to gain success, you will find people under you and you have to be virtuous. It's a responsibility. We talked about it before. You will need people. And as you rise up, there will be people that expect things from you. They look to you as a leader. They look to you as a person who will lead by example. For me, the commander will always be about unshakable command presence. To always sway towards the side of good and leave a great example for your followers and the people that are counting on you. That is a very important aspect of the commander. Remember, this is not some crusade for riches, but a better, more fulfilled life where you can make an impact. Not financial riches, but riches on living on. To be a well-respected commander, you have got to have assertiveness. You have got to be the ruler of your life, and you have to make others feel that confidence. You have got to develop an air of confidence. Most people will slip and fall and never be able to pull the commander off because confidence is a big key piece. Luckily for me, I was able to take that cockiness, shrewd attitude that I have and chisel it down into confidence by eating a lot of humble pie over the years and trudging through the failures. But make no mistake, to be a commander, you've got to earn it. You have got to earn it. You will never walk into a commander position because if you walk into a commander position and you're giving something in life without getting the discipline to earn it, you are going to crumble so fast. Think about someone that does steroids, for example. No discipline to get there. They boom quick. They fall even faster. Think about someone that's given money, inheritance. Guess what happens to them? They lose it. Somebody moves that money from their account into his account. You have got to earn this discipline. This is the time of instant gratification. There are very few commanders among us because people are not willing to put the time and painstaking effort into sharpening those blades of a commander. And make no mistake that these Sun Tzu tactics are not only used by people that have good principles, good moral codes. These tactics are used by people that have very bad moral codes. If you're a commander, I promise you, you will do battle with other commanders. And if they're on the side of evil and you're on the side of good, you guys are going toe to toe. That's life 
That's why this book is called The Art of War. The last element, method and discipline. Sun Tzu said, by method and discipline are to be understood the marshalling of the army in its proper subdivisions. The graduates of rank among officers, the maintenance of road which supplies may reach the army, and the control of military expenditure. Ever heard the phrase method to your madness? This is what it is. You have to know your own personal trademark method to your madness. This is the biggest misinterpretation of these five constants. Most people think this is about discipline. This is about doing the same thing day in and out to build up willpower. Well, that helps, but this is about the word reckless. Reckless has no place in war. If you are one of those people that has a method to your madness and you know what works for you and you're seeing improvement, great. If you're one of those people that thinks they have a method to their madness and things are in disarray, things are completely disorganized, you're not actually getting anywhere, you are bullshitting yourself. Trust me when I tell you if you're reckless with your decisions, if you're reckless with your money, you will fall very fast. Method and discipline is about hedging your bets. One of my favorite business sayings, and I do this with myself all the time, show me the good side of a bad deal. You have to look at every deal and you have to think about the what if. What if this doesn't work? So many people get wrapped up in their idea, drop 20, 30K, maybe even get a loan on a business, let's say, and then get eaten alive. They did not think about the good of the downside. They did not prepare themselves a net. Now, if you're one of my true listeners and you've been with me from the beginning of Success Convo, you know that I like to have two ace cards. I do not like to have a plan B. I like to have a plan B and a plan C. It's important to find the underside of every single aspect. Because if you do that, you're only going to take smarter bets in life. Life is a series of betting on yourself. Hopefully you win, but what if you don't? If you bet on yourself five times, but you only win one out of those five times, you lose the other four, you could still come out of there a winner if you win 10 times on that one bet. You have got to set yourself up for success. And those are the five constants of war, as told by Sun Tzu, for victory and winning. Just to recap, moral law, heaven, earth, the commander, and method and discipline. And I encourage you to pick this book up. I want you to improve yourself because I went from reading Sun Tzu's Art of War I then continued reading Wall Street Journal daily, which I then chiseled down into the 10 point, which I still read. My next book along the lines was Entree Leader by Dave Ramsey, and that could be its own podcast, which I am very happy to do in the future. And after that, I picked up everything Robert Greene ever wrote, which led me to the path that I am currently on. And I am feeling the fruits of my success through the impact that I'm having on people. There's good days, there's ups and downs. But one thing will persist. I will continue to self-develop myself. I will continue to read. I will continue to learn from everyone that I possibly can. And now in success convo fashion to hit you with the big takeaway, you're always going to regret the things you don't do in life more than you will the things you do. Not one day have I ever regretted this tattoo or any of the other ones, but it's funny. I regret not getting an A on my back. My best friend who passed away, we were going to get a tattoo together. I almost had him talked into it first year of college, which was an A on our backs for this little thing we had going called A-Team. And not a week goes by where I don't think, damn, I should have pushed Greg harder and we would have both got the A tattooed on our back. So the big takeaway here is to take 
action and do. If something comes into your head five times, you know you need to pull the trigger on something and you're going to look back on it because you do not want to feel those regrets of not following through with things. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Success Convo. Remember, we're going to get bigger. We're going to get better. The episodes are going to be great. I'm going to give things away. Much like everything else we do, we're just going to keep progressing this one. Please share this one. Please tag this one. Help us grow Success Convo. This is your podcast just as much as it is mine. And thank you so much for listening. I will catch you in the next episode.